So um, when we lived in Texas and, and we were pastoring there, or I was pastoring and my wife was pastor's wife. She doesn't like, when I, she doesn't like to be called first lady, by the way. So that happened a lot last week, just so you know. Um, but it was, it was a tradition, um, in, especially in small towns in Texas, that every Sunday we would go to someone's house and eat. All right, that's just the way it was. Uh, I don't know if they had a schedule and kept it up, but we would show up on Sunday and they'd say, you're coming to our house today. All right, that's just the way, the way it was and the way it is, and, and that's what they do. So one of the places in Currens, Texas, that we always went uh, was to a couple named Archie, um, Archie and Charlene Massey were their names. Now, they were around 80. That was back in 95, 96, so I'm sure they've gone home at this point. Uh, but they were very, very, if they haven't, they're really, really old. Um, but they're very, very sweet people. And there are two things that I remember about going to Archie B. Massey's house. Is that one is that Charlene was an amazing cook. All right? Usually it had to do with roast. And usually there was a really good dessert when we were done. Always. I mean, just fantastic. Now, Archie B. was a deacon, um, but he wasn't very active anymore. He had emphysema after years of smoking. Um, but every time we would go over to the house, um, the ladies would be doing the stuff in the kitchen, and we would sit and talk, and we would go over the sermon. All right? Now, the cool thing was, I mean, he remembered the outline and everything. He'd go over and he'd say, you know, this point I really liked, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was just, it was phenomenal. It was really good uh, because it was, it was typically very constructive criticism or praise. Um, but occasionally... I, I, we as pastors, we don't do so well, all right? And so um, I know you know that, but you need to know that we know we know that, okay? And so there are times that you walk off the stage and it's like, oh my goodness, I wish I could do that one over, right? I mean, I, right? There's times you go, it's, oh man, I'd like to second try at that one. So I had one of those days and we were going to Archie B's house, and I was going, oh, no, this is not going to be good. So he began to go through the sermon, and, and he said, and he sat up in his chair and leaned forward, and he said, Preacher, i got to tell you something. You scared me today. I said, okay, why did I scare you? He said, you know, you kept circling the airport, and I was afraid you weren't going to land the plane. <laughs> but lo and behold, you finally did land it. Quit circling the airport so much. And he had the right to say that, and, and it was a good thing. So I tell you that because we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is putting the landing gear down. He's getting ready to land the plane. And so he's gone through all of these things of how we should live, how we can live. If he grows us and it, we, we are dependent on him, he, he, this is who you can become in my kingdom. This is who you can be. And so he, he begins, he shared all of these things, and he's getting towards the end, and now he's, he's making the turn towards home, and he's beginning to move towards landing the plane, and he begins to talk about prayer. And really here, um, is that almost over? I know how, it, yeah, that's okay. So if we were in class, I'd make you bring donuts for everybody next week. <laughs> okay. So, um, he, he's getting ready to land the plane, and he starts, he starts talking about something that he's going to talk multiple times throughout his ministry. 
And he says, you know, when it comes down to living the life that I want you to live, there are two things that you need to do. You need to love God with everything you have, and you need to love people. He said, everything that I've taught, everything that the law says, it can all be summed up in those two things. Love God completely and love people. And so, uh, here it is, and so we, we look at this passage in Matthew 7, starting with verse 7, and many times it's very a misrepresented passage, I'll say it that way. It's a passage about prayer, um, but it's about much more than prayer. It's really about dependence, more so than prayer. So we'll, look with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 7, starting with verse 7. And so, let me, let me give the back. We're on 971, the page 971, if you're using the Pew Bible. So Jesus has gone through all of these things, all right? If you, if you look back over the passage, he has said, if you want to be forgiven, you must forgive. He has said, if someone smacks you on the cheek, turn to them the other one as well. He has said that you should love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. He has gone through and he's talked about taking care of the poor. He has set an incredibly high bar for adultery, that it's not the act, it's, it's the thought where it begins. Uh, he said, don't, don't make oaths or promises. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Be people of integrity. And so he's gone through all of these things. This is who you can become if you follow me. And so I, I imagine at this point, as Jesus is turning the plane towards home, that the jaws of the people are on the ground. That they are thinking, there is absolutely no way we can do this. You have set this bar so high, and you have, you have said this is who we can become, but there is no way that I can do this. And I think Jesus, in, in reading their minds and knowing that, says these words in Matthew 7, 7 through 12. He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you learn then, though you are evil, being God the only good one, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So Jesus has gone through all of these things that they need to do, and he's saying, yes, you're right, you can't do it. You can't pull it off without my help. So he says, ask, seek, and knock. Those words are very important in the Greek and and how it's presented. The words ask, seek, and knock are words that mean to continue to ask, continue to seek, continue to knock. Don't ever stop. But they're also words that increase in intensity, right? So you start by asking for God's help, then you go seeking God, and then you go bang on God's door. I really need your help. And so it's something you continue on and you, you do continuously throughout your journey because you, you can't turn the other cheek without his help. You can't love your enemy without his help. You can't forgive without his help. You can't be a person of complete integrity without his help. And so Jesus says, I know you can't do this, but I tell you what, I can give you what you need to pull it off. Ask for my help. Seek me out. Knock on the door. And I will give you what you need to pull this off. 
You see, we look at this passage, and, and so many times it's so mistaught. The idea that's taught over and over again by prosperity gospel is, listen, just ask and you'll get it. And God is obligated when you ask to give it because he says right there, that's what, and it's so out of context. Because we so misinterpret prayer. You see, as we, we go through this journey in our faith journey and, and we grow and we de- develop, we, we realize when we first start the journey or we think when we first start the journey that prayer is about me. It's about what I want. And we go and we ask God for A, B, or C, and, and God doesn't give it to us. And we're like, what's the deal, God? I prayed and I asked, why didn't you give it to me? I asked for this promotion and you gave it to somebody else. I asked for this job or I asked for that. And, and God, why did you not give it to me? You asked, I asked for this and you gave me something different or you even said no. God, what is going on with this? But as we grow and develop in faith, what happens is we realize that prayer is not about us at all. It's about the king and his kingdom. You see, we pray knowing that what really, really matters is what God wants to accomplish in the world. It's what he wants to do. Now, that doesn't mean we can't ask for specific things. It doesn't mean that we can't ask for him to intervene in our lives because he will, and he will care for us. Jesus already said that in the Sermon on the Mount. But when prayer is about me and what I want, we're missing the point. We don't belong here. We're foreigners, Paul called us. We're ambassadors. And so this life that we live is is not about us at all, but it's about the king and his kingdom. And God hears us pray, and he knows what we need before we ask. You know, it's it's funny. I often think we don't think that. I I think we think we come to God and say, God, I'm really angry with somebody. And we think God says, really? I had no idea. I hate to hear that. I thought you were a bigger person than that. But that's not how God already knows. And so when we go to him in prayer, it's not like we're shocking him that we can't turn the other cheek. It's like, yeah, I know you can't. But guess what? I can help you. And so we we look at prayer and we go to God with this idea. In our human logic, we have exactly in mind what God needs to do. And he can pull it off exactly as we want him to do it. And everything will be just great. That's not the way it functions. God will take care of us. That's part of the promise. Prayer's about what he wants to do. I remember, and I can't believe she's not here today because I'm going to tell a story about her. Um, I remember when Cheris was, play, was playing uh, travel basketball. So if you haven't had kids in a while, um, travel sports is a big thing. If you want your kid to have a scholarship, that's, you're going to travel all over the place and spend a lot of money on your kids that will never get a scholarship doing it. Um, but th- that's, that's what it is. And so we were at a travel basketball game, and this particular game, and, and she was a pretty good ball player, um, but this particular game, she was really good. And so her team was up by 10, and, and she was just dominating everything in the game. She went up for a rebound. Somebody came under her, and she fell to the floor, and her head just hit this, this incredibly awful thud. And it was so bad that the air in the room just left. Everybody was, <gasps> and I was like, oh, no. So she didn't pass out. 
she got up. They took her to the bench. So I went and sat right behind her. They were on the front row of the stands. And I sat behind her. She had ice and I was checking on her, holding up fingers. How many fingers do I have up? And she'd tell me, you know, all of that stuff. I've had way too many concussions and uh, really concerned about CTE in my own journey. Uh, but uh, she, uh, as she got out of the game, her team, her team started losing. They were up by 10 when she was in, and before they knew it, they were down by four. And she looked at me and said, Dad, I've got to go back in. I've got to get back in the game. That's really what she wanted. She wanted, every, she wanted to win the game so badly, she said, Dad, I, I've got to get back in the game. Let me tell the coach. I said, baby, listen. It's not worth it. It's just a game. And one game's not going to change the trajectory of history. It's just one game. It's okay if you lose this one. She was not happy with that. But see, I think God, as, as his children, he looks at us, and we, we go to him and say, this is what really needs to happen, God. God says, you, you can't see the big picture. You can't understand what's going on here. You, you can't see what's best in this. You know, we often forget that when Jesus was praying in the garden, he went to God, to the Father, and said, listen, I don't want to do this. I don't want to get crucified. This is going to hurt. It's going to be lousy but not my will, but yours be done. Why is such a big statement for us? Because sometimes this is really hard to hear. Sometimes God calls us to suffer for his glory. Sometimes God calls us to suffer for his glory. So here's Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, people with their jaws dropped, and they're saying, there's no way we can do this. And Jesus says, you can with my help. It's interesting if you read Luke's version of this story over in Luke chapter 11, Luke makes, goes through this whole thing and says, God will give you what you need. And he says, as parents, you will give, give your children what you need. And God in his love for you will give you the Holy Spirit. See, that's what this is all about. Jesus says, look, you can't do it, but I can do it through you. I need you to trust me. And I need you, when you have a hard time forgiving that person at work, to come to me and say, Lord, I need your help. When you have a hard time forgiving that family member, you need to come, Lord, I need your help. And you seek, you ask, you knock, say, Lord, I want to do this. Please help me do this. And the promise is that he'll do it. You see, as parents, we know when our, when our kids walk in the house, and their, the bottom of their shoe is separating from the top, it's time to get new shoes or duct tape, depending on how you do that. And we take care of that, right? Because we see that need. When our child was little and they were first learning to ride a bike and they fell and they scraped their knee and they came running to us, we said, no, stay away. You got to suffer this on your own. Ah, oh, we embraced them. It's going to be Okay. And I think we forget as we go through this journey that, that nothing that's going on is surprising to God. He knows all about it. And so when we come to him, it's not like he's just, oh, yeah, by the way, I forgot. No. He knows exactly what we need, exactly when we need it, and he will help us be who he wants us to be. Jesus said, yeah, I set a really high standard, 
something that's really going to be hard for you to achieve. I know that. But I've set it up where you're dependent on me. And you can do this with my help. So he began to process all of the things that he called and said you can do. And he began to ask, wow, what if all the believers really did this? What a different place the world would be. So he goes on, though, and uh, as we look at the, the last verse there, we have what we, what we call the golden rule. He said, verse 12, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. So in everything, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So what Jesus says is, is that God in his love for you in abundance is going to give you more than you need to pull off what I've asked you to do. And because he is so faithful to give to you, now you need to be faithful to give to other people, to love them. And you need to imagine yourself in their situation, in their life, and what they're going through, and you need to say, okay, this is where I need to step in, and I need to help this person, I need to love this person, I need to care for this person. This is where I need to intervene in their lives. Tell you a quick story, and uh, one of our folks, this is a story about them, don't ask me who it was, I won't tell you, um, because... They want to get their reward in full. So I get that. So they were driving down the street one of those days that was really, really cold. Really, really cold for Florida. Right? It wasn't minus 50 like it was in Minnesota. But it was those days when the rest of the country shut down. We pretty much shut down too, but you know what I'm saying. So they were driving down the road, and they saw the crossing guard who's right out here every day, every school day. And I think she was just freezing. So they pulled around, they pulled up next to her, rolled down the window and said, you look like you need a cup of coffee. And she was like, you don't have to do that. How do you take your coffee? Nothing in it. So the person went, got a cup of coffee, brought it back to her. And she said, the Lord brought me an angel today. Now, I know this person well enough. That's really not true. But, <laughs> but what they did is model so beautifully. Do unto others as you have them do unto you. I'm try- Someone's driving down the road. see a crossing guard that's cold. They help. How many of us would not want that to happen to us? You're at work, and somebody else gets the promotion that you wanted to get. How would that person want you to respond? Someone's going through a hard time, great heartache and disappointment. How would you want them to respond to you? Someone's lost a loved one. How would you want them to respond to you? You see, I I think we have to remember, and you've heard me say this so many times, and I keep saying it as long as I'm here. We don't come to church. We are the church. We're the church when we're in this building. We're the church when we go home. We're the church when we go to the restaurant today. We're the church in the grocery store. Everywhere we go, we are the church of Jesus Christ. And the church always needs to be on lookout to serve people the way we'd want to be served. 
so again, I say, what would happen if the followers of Jesus really did that? Imagine the impact. In a world that's so divided, a world that's gone mad, what would happen if the Jesus followers really began to serve, really began to love, really began to practice what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount? Holy cow! How different that is than what the world sees. And Jesus finishes and says, you know what? If you get these two things, this relationship with the Father through the Spirit, and He will guide you, and you love others the way you want to be loved, you've got it. That's what the law is all about. That's what the teachings of the Scripture are all about. It comes down to those two things. Love the Father, love Jesus, love the kingdom, and love people. That's it. And it's really so simple. It's just not easy. So I want to challenge us today. Yes, what Jesus set before us in the Sermon on the Mount, man, it is, it is tough. And it's so easy in the world we live to not do it. Nobody really cares. But my goodness, if we do, the impact is phenomenal. So I challenge you as I challenge me today. Love God, love people. Let the world experience the presence of Christ in your life. Hang out with the Father. Seek Him. He's not going to run away from you. When you need help, knock. Say, Lord, I, I need you. He knows that. Sometimes He's just waiting for us to ask. And then when the church starts being the church, the world sees Jesus. So I ask you to look in the mirror of your own life today. And under the leadership of the Spirit, where do you need His help? To go through the Sermon on the Mount, what, what is it you need His help with? He's ready. Are you open? Let's pray.